Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29. I'm here with Manny Alban, PCA's technical director, Damon Lowney, our digital media coordinator is here, and of course, Robert Forsyth is always behind the scenes making sure this all comes together. So how's everyone's week- weekend? Well, this is we're recording this on a Monday. We usually record on a Wednesday, so uh-huh. it seems pretty... Usually we have some time to reflect over the weekend, <laughs> but uh, we didn't have that today because you're leaving for Germany tomorrow. I am. I am going to be heading to Stuttgart to meet with uh, Porsche and uh, bringing along uh, two executive council members for a tour, and we've got some meetings, some uh, exciting projects uh, coming coming forward. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to be able to call in for the next podcast while I'm over there. So hopefully, I'll have some exciting things to share with you. Well, not just Damon and I, and <laughs> the YouTube real YouTube. secrets will get out. <laughs> the real secrets. Someone's the un- got to supervise the unfiltered you. edition. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't. I can't afford to let that happen. So let's talk works reunion tickets. So by oh, the time Rensport reunion tickets. What did I say? Works. Oh, works. Yeah, I said works. Man, that's, <laughs> we, we just unpacked the uh, the works reunion. We pod did. Today. We did. That's that's why works reunions on our mind is because we unloaded the the pods, uh, all the stuff that we do for the event comes back, and then we also got sports. Bad card. idea to stick sodas in a cooler. I don't know what altitude these uh, the truck hit. I don't know. How did they pop? It's the weirdest thing that the, the liquid was gone. But it hadn't been opened yet. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was mold inside, and what it was was dried syrup from the sodas uh, <laughs> leaking or exploding or whatever happened inside the cooler. So we we have a, a pod worth of equipment and merchandise and stuff that comes back from the event, and uh, we needed to move things around and get things kind of back into the shelves. But uh, after we finished unloading the pod, the uh, the uh, pallets from sports car together showed up. Showed like, up. So like the guy was hanging around the corner waiting for us to finish. I know, I know, and that required uh, forklift usage. Yes, because of the uh, track our remote control uh, car track that yes. they had built for us. So thank you to Porsche Cars North America, the uh, the RC uh, track that they built uh, at Indy uh, ended up coming home with us at PCA, and hopefully you'll see it at Porsche Parade next year. Could probably be called the uh, the mini demolition derby track. It is it say. is tough it is tough on RC cars, but hopefully we'll be able to rearrange a track mm-hmm. so that it doesn't cross over. Right now it's a figure eight, and it crosses over onto itself. And yes, it is a demolition. <laughs> I got derby. a feeling Zarnowski's probably telling Kathy Lee, "I don't know what you did to talk him into taking this, but thank God they did." <laughs> All you have to do is ask Vu. Oh, was it a ten foot pallet? It was on. It was a ten foot pallet. It was, <laughs> and it's it's built really really well. Yeah. All right. So um, that's why I had works reunion on my mind. But the the, uh, the, so the, the announcement reunion. is Rensport reunion. And they tickets. will already been on sale by the time this podcast comes oh, out. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And usually we try to get uh, this information in time for the podcast. But mm-hmm. things move so quickly uh, sometimes with Porsche. And actually after we recorded the po- last podcast is when we had some calls with Porsche uh, about this and the release date when it was going to go on sale. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you haven't purchased your uh, corral tickets, I think General Mission will be, I don't think they'll sell out of that. It would take a lot to sell out of General Mission tickets, but uh, the corral tickets will sell out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the uh, what I call VIP or the uh, hospitality 
tickets, uh, they tend to be uh, limited and sell out as well. So how many slots do you think they'll have for crowds? Like 1,500? Uh, actually, we had a little under 1,500 uh, last time, but, uh, you know, we heard in our phone calls, our meetings, um, that uh, there's a lot of groups that want uh, space, that want uh, the display, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're trying to fulfill that work with the different groups and within Porsche, the groups. Right. Um, like Porsche Classic, for example, is going to be taking uh, some space from one of our uh, corrals, and, and they're moving that, that corral to another place on the track. Um, but what I liked, what I heard, what I liked was uh, they looked at a aerial map, uh, I think on Saturday when it was the busiest, and they saw how much empty space there was and where there was places to put cars. So it's good to hear that they're going to try to squeeze well, as many I heard they, them cars saying, as possible. Maximize every single square yes. inch of the place. Yeah. yeah. So uh, like I've said before, um, if you want uh, correct, accurate, and I guess the you know the latest on Rensburg reunion. Uh, tune in it's, here. It's our podcast because yeah, tune in here. We're the only ones in the meetings uh, that I hear that it's either it's Porsche, their agencies, and us in the meetings uh, for the planning. Yeah, we're going to get it to you as soon as we can. Like like Manny said, this one here in terms of the ticket sales uh, officially it opens September twenty eighth to the general masses, yes. but because of. Uh, if you're a PCA member, one of the benefits is that uh, you have access to buying tickets and, more importantly, corral tickets before they go uh, for sale to the public. And, in fact, I just saw my laptop pop up. There's a flurry of emails going back and forth because, uh, obviously, they're not going to just take your word for it that you're a PCA member. They want to mm-hmm. verify that you're a current PCA member. So they will, uh, they're will they figuring out right now how to hook up to our database without revealing all our uh, members' info just to verify whether or not the name you put in there is uh, – Act, active and current and uh, legitimate. So that's just another demonstration of what's, you know, the relationship we have with Porsche Cars North America, Porsche AG. And, you know, it's, it just builds upon the, the, the conversation we had. When did we when did we do the classic Club Coupe reveal here at the office? It was on Thursday. Yep. So, you know, again, this this the, the whole thing of, you know, what we share with Porsche is quite amazing not all car manufacturers embrace the clubs like porsche does and for them to have us at the table um you know and talking about setting up an event or creating special cars to me it's it's pretty amazing and by the time you hear this you'll still it'll still be closed to the general public so if you're a member and you're listening to this monday whatever day that would be let's see monday the 26th you still have a few days left a few few days left to get in yeah it's uh even even just get the general tickets, get it over with. Mm-hmm. Um, don't wait till the last minute because you would hate to find out that like Luftecult, this thing is sold out, and you thought there would be a ton of tickets, and suddenly they've limited. Uh, you know, Disney World is having that problem. You know, they're just you can't get into Disney World because they're selling out. They only ha- allow a certain amount of people, and so Laguna's big, but um, this is going to be a huge event. It's going to be uh, the seventy fifth anniversary of Porsche, sixty years of. Um, of the 911 and I've heard other anniversaries. So, uh, like I said, there's a lot of groups within Porsche that want, uh, real estate. They want to be able to display stuff. So, this is a place so, to so to some of us, it sounds kind of, I mean, not silly, silly is not the right word, but to be buying tickets 
for something, you know, that's a year out. But then I thought more about it over, you know, over the past couple of days with like concert tickets and stuff like that. <laughs> we waited three years we to waited see three, Rage. <laughs> we waited three years to see Rage Against the Machine. And this is, this is going to be huge. There's going to be so many celebrations. Um, and, and probably the next thing that you're going to want to think about is your accommodations and where you're yes. going to stay. Cause that's, yeah. that's going to be tough because I think the, the, um, the facilities that allow you to reserve a year out, those are probably already gone, right? So now you're, now you got to wait on the, the different facilities that will open up uh, room availability six months out or three months out. But, uh, stay on it because, um, yeah, you might have to find some creative ways to, to find some housing. And I will say for those who are lucky enough to, uh, live close enough or are planning to bring a car to rent support, um, when you buy corral tickets, if they're sold out of your model, uh, you can't buy another model's corral tickets and expect just to roll into your model and no one will say anything. So this happened the last time. Oh, so I see what you're saying. The, like so, 911 corral yeah, yeah. sold out. So people are buying Cayenne and Macan corral tickets and show up in their 911. And so watch a show up my 911. They'll let me in. Doesn't work that Doesn't way. Doesn't work that way. Yeah. They'll have specific model corral uh, hang, hang tags. And a lot of times you won't even be able to go down the road. Because they'll look at the color of the hang tag and say yeah. you're not uh, part of this. So, Can uh, we share with them about parade laps? Yeah, it's uh, we're yeah. going to be managing parade laps again. Another it's, cool uh, thing. <laughs> yes, and it's uh, it was great to hear from Porsche that uh, you know obviously track time is is pure gold right now. It's at a premium. Every second of every, tra- second, every yeah. second of track time they, is accounted. They got to be done by a certain time because there's you know people live around the track. So uh, as they say, the loud cars have to be able to track by a certain time. And, uh, but I loved hearing in the meeting that, uh, whatever happens, they can't take away time from PCA and their yep. parade laps. Yeah. So, um, when the parade laps do go on sale, once again, it'll be to PCA members first. Uh, you know, take advantage if you haven't, uh, if you've never driven Laguna, uh, if you have and you're bringing your car, uh, let a friend take a lap. I know I was talking to people at Cars and Coffee this past Saturday who are going out there and, uh, they were asking, you know, could you drive your friend's Porsche on the parade lap? So I said, absolutely, as long as you have a uh, parade lap ticket. But that will also be uh, another hot ticket to uh, be on the track. And and there's more because we might want to share with our club race folks. Yeah, the uh, uh, once again, uh, like we have in the past two years at Laguna, we will have a race group. Um, still a lot of details to be worked out, uh, but PCA uh, will have another race group. Um, I can't remember if it was 50 or 60 cars last time, maybe in between, um, but we'll be represented. And what I like about it is that I think that we really show um, the part of Porsche that really helped Porsche become what it is in the United States, and that was amateur road racing. And back then it was SCCA, but now with PCA Club Racing, uh, people you know, buy cars and go racing. So um, yeah, keep keep tuned for that. It'll... Uh, uh, 50 or 60 lucky uh, racers will be able to race the Rensport Reunion, yeah. which is really wild because you have an audience. You have a big crowd. Big crowd. And uh, I, I've only raced in front of a crowd a few times, and i got to say it's pretty distracting <laughs> if you're not used to it because you're used to doing it like in a driver's ed where the only people you see are the corner workers. Right, right. So suddenly you're looking, and there's a lot of eyeballs on you at every corner in between corners, and it's a little uh, disconcerting at first, but... It's got to be ultra cool uh, to be able to uh, race at Rensport. Yeah, and as as we uh, were on all these Zoom calls and we're listening to the different departments report in and all the things that they have uh, planned for 
for Runsport, it's just uh, it's super exciting, and a year is going to go by quick because I know we have to have a lot of things in place before we get there, and a year is going to go by really, really. And it's quick. great seeing Porsche, you know, so far ahead of the game right now. Because mm-hmm. I remember Runsport Five, I think it was six months prior they started planning yeah. hmm. the event, and then it was like uh, everything was rushed. Rush, remember rush. when they they announced one date and then they had to like slide the date? I think it was Runsport Five. Was that five? Yeah, that's oh, when they that realized. Was... Uh, that the 919 was going to be in Japan for Fuji yeah. and not in uh, the U.S. for Rensport, so they had to uh, retract. And boy, there was some that was that was not I pretty. Re- you got a lot of hate <laughs> hate calls here yeah, at the no, office. Uh, absolutely, I'm like, I, I, we didn't do it. <laughs> they all thought PCA. PCA is not a PCA event. It's no, a it's not. Event. We helped them out. We uh, obviously provide an army of volunteers. We take care of the uh, corral parking. We have our own island with a, our hospitality tent and whatnot, but ultimately it's a Porsche's event. Yeah. Oh, speaking of volunteers, that is a great way to have an amazing experience at Rensport. So pay attention yeah. when they do a call out for PCA volunteers for Rensport. You get some pretty cool access, some neat swag. You get a unique shirt mm-hmm. that's not sold. And I say it's unique because every print sport I've had volunteers tell me that uh, spectators were trying to buy their shirts off absolutely, their backs. Absolutely. Because they saw how cool the shirt was. And once they're told, they I did can't see buy a few it. of them on eBay afterwards. Yeah. I'm I mean, not going to lie. Yeah. All right. So let's rewind a little bit. Um, we talked about the, the classic Club Coop uh, viewing at the office. But even before that, we had Tech Tactics Live where we did a deep dive with the classic Club Coupe. And um, something new to, to the presentation was the fact that uh, we put it up on the lift yeah. and uh, took a look underneath. And, oh, my goodness. Let's just start with getting the car on the lift. <laughs> like, I can't tell you. I wish we would add Damon there to record us. No, <laughs> I'm glad he wasn't there because, you know, I've used this lift you know, hundreds of times. Actually, David was there, but I think you were helping us. That's why you weren't recording. Well, when you were putting it up, um, I was actually over with uh, my girlfriend at a oh, Miata right. show down oh. the street. You were helping so, us get it off. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah I helped yeah. you get it yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, placing the ramps, and uh, not the ramps, but the arms, making sure we have the right pucks underneath. Yeah. The you car's know, too low just to go onto the onto the lift. Right. So, yeah. It's... And uh, <laughs> even you know, a piece we... of a two-by-four wasn't cutting no, it. No, no. But we did it safely and we didn't touch the car at all except for the four uh, mounting pucks and got it up there. And man, what a treat it was to see the car from underneath because it is amazing. The detail. I've never seen, um, you know, that fresh of an engine, a GT3 motor. Um, yeah, so I was brewing all the suspension pieces and you can tell the car was really only driven to like parking spots. I mean, maybe it was on track, but it was, it must have been on a dry track because everything was spotless underneath. Yeah. And what was really cool for, you know, I think of Peter Smith, our, uh, our resident Goldmeister tech. Um, There's no Cosmoly. Yeah. You know, you lose these, it will tell you that's a quick way to spot a replacement engine in the U S if there's Cosmoline, that means it's original. If there isn't, then more likely it was a replacement engine. Um, but this one, because it didn't get shipped over in a boat, at least the second time around, yeah. it was uh, no cosmoline, so it was super clean, almost uh, like it was detailed for a Concorde or something. It yeah, was... it looks like they did a dry ice because <laughs> everything was clean, perfect, beautiful. But, uh, yeah, that show, interestingly enough, the show was not like that heavily attended. I don't know if yeah. because we've talked about the car parade um, or we've talked about so much that people didn't think that they would learn something new, but... After the show was released on YouTube, you know, it, it kind of took its yeah. normal course of traction and 
now we have it archived on all the little details of it. It's a pretty good review. So we really did do a deep dive. We were yeah. looking at every mm-hmm. single detail that Porsche did. And it was, like you said, the first time that any of us got to see underneath the car. Yeah. And you know what? I got some uh, some feedback from some buddies at uh, the car show. And, they, they they of course, they liked everything about the Club Coupe and, and the details of that. But they were they really enjoyed the history of, you know, how we got to that point with the, you know, the 50th anniversary, the 73 team, the 60th. They had no, no idea that all of that happened because we have some, you know, there, there's there's some turnover in the club where, you know, five years, anything that happened five years ago, like there's a lot of members that don't know what happened in PCA five years ago. And that includes, you know, these three cars um, that, that we had an amazing, uh, you know, product you know at the end uh so they they got to hear it for the first time i guess yeah it was a uh but once again it illustrates why it's important for uh pca executives to go to germany mm-hmm. uh, in, in a world of zoom calls and uh conference calls and emails you think it's not necessary to be in person but nothing beats in person and you know like you said the connections you make with people that aren't really high up today yeah, but they will be in 10, 15 years, and they'll remember, you know, meeting PCA and and discussing ideas for future projects. I, I can I can say for a fact the meetings that we will have next week will end up in projects down the road that I'll be able to share with you all. It's gonna be pretty cool. You share with called call in next Tuesday. <laughs> Um, so then, so after Tech Tactics Live on Wednesday, we set the car up outside again of PCA National Headquarters because uh, there's a few people that uh, didn't get to come on Saturday for the open house. And since we had the car, I know the staff is probably just tired of me like hosting event after event here at uh, HQ. But we invited folks to come take a look at the car. And it was just about the car, about two hours of time. And we had, what, like about 50, 50, yeah. 60 people. And surprisingly enough, I would say 80% of them were new members that have never done anything with PCA. And they felt like this was like a small little step forward into them getting uh, active in the club. It was cool. This is why I always tell regions, if you can have events at the dealers, do it. Because for a lot of new members, uh, I think the worst place you can have an event is at a person's house. Because for a new member, they're going to be very uh, anxious probably about going to Intimidated. somebody's house. Yeah. 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 But of a dealer, usually that's where they bought their car to get it serviced. So, you know, I guess they figure, uh, hey, uh, if I don't like anybody at the Porsche Club, I can look around the dealer and go home. Um, so here at PCA, I think they came also because it was the headquarters. And uh, they seemed to have a uh, good time. It was much more relaxed than the open house since there wasn't as many people. And did you know about the car cover? Because you looked surprised when you opened up and pulled the car cover out. Well, I was surprised that the car cover was a custom car cover. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah. I thought I thought the car cover was just going to be your standard silver, uh, you know, Porsche cover with the yeah. Porsche crest on the hood. And I, I'm like, oh, there's stripes on it, just like the car. That to me, like I told someone, I'm like, this is how much Porsche gets into this project. So they could have easily just pulled a, yeah. a um, car cover from their catalog and thrown it in. But instead, they had a custom one built that even had the uh, a word Classic Club Coupe written on the side exactly where it is on the paint. Mm-hmm. So on the cover, it was... Uh, it's obviously perfectly fitted. And the colors is... You know how some... some, some uh, Like this is like a very soft, stretchy material, but it's printed... In the, the the fabric itself, it's not like an overlay. No, it's not like so it's not yeah. like silk screen. I think it's I a different process where yeah. 
you know, I sort of ran my hands over it, and it was all in the fabric. Yeah, it wasn't it's very uh, high iron on transfer or yep. anything. Yeah, it was very cool from Porsche to do that. And I can't remember. Did we go for a one-mile drive like that day, too, on Thursday? No, Monday we went for it. Yeah, it was one of those days. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm all going I know. It seemed like forever. Like somebody told me one time, because you guys never short of things to talk about every week. Yeah. And I said, you know, at the beginning of the week, you think it's going to be slow, and then by the time the podcast comes, you realize you've done a lot. You know, Monday, that's when Mia came. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She came on Monday? Yeah. So, no, 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 it was Wednesday. We, so we originally, uh, it was Wednesday, so we originally scheduled Monday, but it couldn't work out because you right. guys were on a rent call. And it was call. raining. And it was raining. And it was going to rain, so we did it on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. See? Yeah, yeah. Wednesday. I told you. Your, your mind's well, going, too. the same week. At least you weren't even sure it was the same week. <laughs> Yeah, it was a very cool car. Um, Safari 911, Safari build that uh, yeah. Vu got to drive. Yes, I did. It was my idea because I saw that car at Parade. I'm like, man, that looks like a fun car to drive. And I've always been curious, like, how does a lifted, you know, not so sticky tired 911 feel on the street? Like, is it fun? Because it seems like almost opposite of everything that I do to my car. Like, I got wider, stickier tires. I made it lower. Um you know, and so anyway, so when I saw that car at Porsche Parade and and Brian and, and Mia, they are like on track people. They're drivers. Um, they're not so much Concorde folks, but the car had just recently been put together. So it was a perfect time for them to put it in the Concorde at Parade. I think they took like third or fourth in class or they something. They said they entered the completely wrong class. They entered <laughs> restoration. Oh, really? So restoration rewards originality yeah. and authenticity. And of course, uh, there was nothing really, nothing at all original about this car. But they're such fun people. They, <laughs> they just did it for, for fun. And, uh, the, the, not to give it all away, but the, the build or the, the idea behind that rally, uh, uh, 911 was because Mia originally is actually very much an off-roader. Uh-huh. And then it wasn't until later she got into Porsches and, and Brian and, uh, you know, decided that, you know, maybe we should build one of these because it kind of melds both of her passions together. She's a club racer and he's a club racer and her off-road background. So anyways, so that idea of the car, the car was at parade and I'm like, man, one day and the, the, the lot that we started doing the one mile reviews had a lot of has a lot of gravel. So I was like, man, this would be a perfect car for that particular location. Now we have another location we do that doesn't have gravel. Uh, so anyway, she brings it out. And honestly, I didn't know what motor was in. I didn't know that it was such a hot rod. I just thought yeah, it was, I. I yeah. thought it was just all suspension work. So I didn't realize it was a Weissach either. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a Weissach edition. Um, the, uh, all the, um, torsion bar suspension has been kind of tossed in the, into the bin and it has all coilover from elephant racing, I mm-hmm. believe. And, uh, coilovers. The tires, they're, I didn't know Hoosier made like rally. I guess I should know. Yeah, but, yeah, no rally tires, but uh, they, legit, legit rally tires on Fuchs wheels. And the creme de la creme is the motor in it. It's a uh, yeah. 99336, probably massaged a little bit. Um, and called paint. it an even 300 horsepower in that, even 300, yeah. uh, probably more than that. So, yeah. so. I'm probably giving up too much, but it's such an awesome car. I kind of have to talk about it. So, so it's a curvy road back there. You start off in gravel. It's a 915 transmission, which I haven't driven a 915 car in a while, but I've always been told that a properly sorted 915 transmission is, is a good, awesome transmission. I, I have a G50 transmission. So 
in my 87 shifting a car is not really an issue it just feels like a modern day car so i've never really spent a whole lot of time in the 915 this one had a i think had a wevo uh shifter in it mm-hmm. uh, probably a shortish uh type shifter and uh it shifted just fine it was perfect i mean it, it was really fun to drive and now I feel as though if I drive my car today, it's going to feel like a slug because that 3.6, oh my gosh, it would, it revs so quickly. And that thing's probably what, 2,900 pounds? Right. If no, that. if that. It's probably a lot car? less. Yeah. How much is that car? I think it's 2,700. It felt like it because it, I mean, it, we looked this up. 911 SC is not 2,400 pounds. It's, it's not 24. We looked it up. Looked it up. I think yeah. it's, I think it's like 28, 29. Um, you guys look it up while Who's I'm talking about it. Who's going to get there it. first? So, so immediately, and it's geared. 2756. What, what, what did I just say? Yeah. What did I say earlier? 27? Yeah, I think we both said that. Did I think we did. And what is it? 2750? I thought you meant you're, you're, you're inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> no fat shaming. Although you're absolutely correct. Let's see. Let's do the men. Stop it. Stop <laughs> Anyways, it. Anyways, it's lighter than your cabriolet. It is lighter than mm-hmm. my cabriolet. It has, what, 100 more horsepower than my cabriolet. And, uh, man, it does scoot and it sounds good. I don't know what kind of exhaust it had on it. Sound good. It's, um, you know, body roll is, was, was firm. It was, it was a firm ride, but because the, I think because the tires are skinnier and it just had less grip, like it felt like the steering wheel was way light, like really light, mm-hmm. really playful. Um, and it just goes like stink. And, uh, yeah, very cool. And my little Dukes of Hazard uh, movement at the end was kind of funny. It made up for the first time you tried doing it. What do you, what do you mean? First time you came out. When I first out. locked up, kind of lame? Well, yes. the first time was okay, but um, I remember uh, you asked, Hey, Mia, can I spin the tires and the gravel on the way out? Yeah. And then you did, and it was kind of like, you Skirt! Like one time and then it stopped, and it looked like you jumped the clutch or something. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't want to abuse the car. Like, I, like a... you got to spin the tires. You got to like no, because boom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I feel bad like abusing someone else's car. So yeah, yeah. So hopefully the I don't know. Did you see any foot or did the yeah, footage so seem good when you the um the second time you came in and and did sort of the just lock the lock the wheels up and, and slid to a stop wheel. was yeah. it looked pretty sweet and I yeah. got a good shot of it yeah. and it looked better than the first time. So. Okay, awesome. So anyways, that'll be coming soon. Uh, thank you to Brian Mia for uh, sharing your car with us and and people ask all the time like how can I get my car or how do you make the decision of one mile reviews? You want to share that little secret? Uh, really, just contact us and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the secret. That's it. That's, <laughs> just let uh, us know. Yeah, let us know um, if you'd like you know, us to drive your car. <laughs> majority exactly. we do local. Um, uh, we try to when we go on trips uh, to do a few. If we we yeah. have the time to uh, uh, to coordinate. Uh, like we're going to be doing a video uh, in Chicago, so we're going to do two uh, at least two uh, one mile reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. It's, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I would love to go around the country doing nothing but one more review. Can, can I make someone's day? You know, our local buddy, Paul Gentili. Mm-hmm. So he's always like, you're, you're just doing one mile reviews because you want to drive everybody's car. That's the only reason why you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Hello. But it takes a lot of work. It takes us like two, two and a half hours to do one car because. I mean, you got to get the shots. You make sure you don't get in trouble where you're driving. You got to pick the right location. You got to go weather. Um, but hopefully, folks are enjoying. It. I think yeah. it's um, it's gathering traction and and Damon's. You know what what it really helps with is obviously our our ability to continue to have content on YouTube and trying to get us to that hundred thousand uh, subscriber mark. And it gives um, 
Damon uh, an easy way to source some content. You know, we have yep. some full, long, fully produced uh, content pieces, but these are, you know, for video to be able to knock something out in two and a half hours for him, you know, just builds that inventory so that we always have something to share with you all. And hopefully, yeah. uh, you know, uh, my dream is to have some enough cars or when, when a uh, potential member calls up asking about a certain model, I can pull up and say, here, look at this. We did a, a one model review on this car that you're actually looking for. And you can see what, you know, what the person thought of it. And just to have an eventual library, but we're still a long way from, uh, can I share with you how that happened today? Today, this morning, while we were in a meeting, I get a call from my aunt who, uh, bought, uh, Robert Vigorito's Cayenne from back in the day. And, uh, she's like, oh, I think my battery's bad. And I hear it's really tough to change the battery in a Cayenne. I said, Auntie, go to PCA's YouTube channel and look up the cayenne uh, battery replacement there you go it's like i'm like done with my discussion with my auntie now she can just go (laughs) watch and figure out the tools and uh she and she and uh, my uncle can figure out how to change the battery so that's the whole idea is like we're just building all this all this content for future use and it's a lot easier than trying to walk a person through a cayenne battery change every time someone calls you just have this content up there and with the one mile reviews i think there's one more benefit that that we're doing this and and that is uh you do see content that comes directly from that video but um before one mile reviews we didn't have a ton of chances to drive all the various different types of porsches models uh, special editions with different mods um, before one mile reviews, but now that we have, we're starting to build some context and can compare, you know, what's the 911 like with the Wevo shifter, right? With the rebuilt 915 versus one that maybe I remember the wine red 911 I drove for a story several years ago. Um, the 915 wasn't all that great, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, you know, it's important, you know, to have context and be able to write about them or, or pull from that knowledge base in the future. Yeah, it's definitely so. given me appreciation for all the different models mm-hmm. um, that we've been able to experience. Uh, we're talking about trips. We did a little bit of a field trip on Friday. Went to the Summit, went to Summit Point Raceway in West Virginia uh, because the uh, Potomac Region was hosting their annual club race. And for uh, a lot of people in our office, it was the first time ever going to a racetrack. Those of you that are watching on YouTube, this is the exact reason why I keep my 2008 Honda Odyssey for events such as this we just packed in and rolled down the you road could have done the same thing in my suburban i know but i don't own a suburban <laughs> <laughs> that was fun we all uh most of us carpool actually jim wasn't in the carpool no he was he was, he was, he was. it was anthony and uh, damon uh, went together and uh, yeah. damon's came in um but yeah it was pretty i had been in a couple of years i guess uh actually on the main track i've gone to the autocross Mm-hmm. Which is a parking lot next to the track, within the track. I so must, the Potomac I must have region. gotten asked like twenty times. I was going to just ask you right do now. Do you miss it? Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask it, you yeah. right, right there. And actually, uh, I, I, I gave Robert a picture of proof that I used to race as I walk into Glen, the Wonderbread car, and the Wonderbread car was at the track, no longer with the polka dots. I, I took the polka dots off when I sold the car to Terrence, but it's great to see that Terrence still looking is, good. Still driving. Yeah, he actually painted the bumpers Club Blau. They used to be a Miata blue, a yeah. Mariner blue, but he painted them uh, Club Blau, so it was great to see the old flame again. Um, I have to ask, though, is that car, I mean, it's been, it's been, you know, in the club racing world for some time now. Is it a competitive car still? Well, I see him getting uh, podiums. Oh, so really? Okay. I, it's H class. The class is, when I used to race H, 
there was like 20-some cars in each. I don't mm-hmm. think that's the case anymore. So if I finished 10th, that was like winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You finished in the top half of your class uh, back then. Uh, but, you know, club racing is really finding someone to race with mm-hmm. because nothing worse than being so far ahead of the guy that they can't catch you or right. being so far the guy in front of you being so far ahead you can't catch them. And then it becomes just lapping, and yeah. that was always boring to me. The battle is where yeah. the fun's at. Yep. So um, there we are with a group photo, those of you that are watching on YouTube. Um, there was a photo earlier that every time I go to a club race and I kind of chuckle because uh, maybe you can explain to the listeners – there are a lot of vintage club racing cars with my name on it. <laughs> yeah, VU. Anthony said, why does all these cars have Vu's name on the back? <laughs> so that one's VO, yeah. the 993, but there's a lot I of believe it vintage there you go. Under, under three liters or under two liters or over two or three liters. It's, it has to do with engine size. Well, that's oh, was it? I thought it was Vintage Unlimited, so Vintage Under it. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Oh, maybe. Basically, yeah. it's the class designation. It's yeah, a so fa- really fast cars no, versus No, you're right, because VO is probably VO. Over and so VU is I'm pretty under. sure that's what it is, but I don't I don't know the displacement where that cutoff is, but I, th- okay. I think it's three liters. Okay. PCA has a, a vintage class, which uh, um, I would love to see get even bigger because uh, all your all your old buddies were saying, man, you should go back go yeah, into vintage. Just man, yeah. you need to get a car. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you have one. You haven't. You have a nine six four. It belongs to somebody else now. <laughs> it's basically. Um, you know, uh, when club racing was in its glory days, uh, a lot of these cars are still parked in people's garages. They're just not competitive with the Caymans and the Boxsters and mm-hmm. the 997s of the world. Uh, so the, the new uh, vintage class they started a few years back gives them a place to run and run back the way you used to with cars that were similar to their, these cars in the class without having to make a whole lot of modifications. That's and one I, of the reasons why I sold my car was because I realized how much I would have to dump into it to be able to... You know, run with Caymans. Yeah, you can't can't beat technology. And yeah. I believe I believe the vintage is also uh, or PCA's vintage classes. There's an understanding that um, if there is any bumping and rubbing in PCA club racing, it'll happen a lot less in <laughs> the vintage class. That that was the whole concept of club racing as a whole. Gotcha. Was that uh, it was supposed to be uh, when Alan Friedman started club racing for PCA, he basically took the rule books from vintage. Mm the same mindset that hey we're not these cars are valuable they're mm-hmm. old we're not going to wreck them and uh you know competition being competition um some people take it more seriously than others and you know higher the classes sometimes the faster the cars you know people forget that it's for fun uh i can say luckily that i did uh 90 some races and i had less than a thousand dollars worth of body damage and they were mainly love taps on the mm-hmm. rear lights or something, not uh, anything where certainly that would have taken me out of racing. Yeah. So you so. mentioned Alan Friedman. He's the father of club racing. He's yeah, considered the father of club racing. He's the one who made the proposal to the executive council. He started uh, club racing with the chairman for quite a few years in the beginning, and he still races. I was about to say, and I think you said he was out on track this weekend. Yeah, I ran mm-hmm. into him in the paddock when we were there Friday. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, taking a, a gas jug over to the uh, – the uh, um, pump to fill up uh, his car with gas. So. I hadn't been to uh, Summit Point in a while, and I saw that they have like a fueling station now. It's like yeah, somebody yeah. said they did it last year, or earlier okay. this year. Uh, and they're slowly getting more modern. The cool thing about Summit Point, though, is uh, it looks like a uh, a very uh, I'm not gonna say homely, but um, rustic, rustic, rustic track. That's a cute word. Um, but uh, that's where they train the government agencies. Because uh, there's a couple entrances in the summit. One of the entrances 
has like uh, bars to go down from it. You know, you just can't drive in. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I believe, the government training part of it. Yeah. So it's. Uh, and that's where you go, I guess, if you're in the government, you need to learn how to drive and shoot at the same time or back up at like 90 miles an hour and do sort of evasive maneuvers. They used to do nighttime, at least. When I was racing, they would do nighttime uh, training, and you can hear them shooting at yeah. cars. Oh, well, can, yeah. But there's a, there's a gun range uh, at the Shenandoah Circuit, right inside of it. Yeah. So when you're instructing, it's really disconcerting. It's like you're instructing in Baltimore City. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can hear gunshots <laughs> going on. That's not funny. We shouldn't be laughing at that. Uh, all right. So we also had um, Treffen Bend happen uh this past weekend and uh I should have told Robert to look at Melanie's Facebook page. All right, here oh, we go. Look at that. The, oh look at this. Robert is the best. So so it was off to I would say a little bit of a shaky start is because of the wildfires yeah. and such that they mm-hmm. have over there. But um you know they changed some routes and you know PCA members are 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 always looking to to go and have a good time and I think that every you know most everyone showed up as as planned and the I hear the drives were fantastic. I saw some of the um, some of the uh, the footage of the uh, the lakes and the tours that they drove on, and just look at some of this hardware that that people brought. It's beautiful cars, nine nine threes, lots of water cooled cars, and um, that's that's kind of interesting too. Like I think if you go on these long weekend tours, there's rarely an air cooled car now. People are in their water cooled cars. Just you, see, you, see, you see the Hyundai there, and uh, in the back. I, I believe you can still show up to Treffen in a rental car. Don't ask you. You can be in the back in. of the uh, car- yeah. caravan, but uh, not not yeah. that you're lesser of a person. No, no. It's just so that you know for when we do walks, when we do yeah, photos yeah. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. we don't have like a Hyundai in the middle. And for of those there. real quick, who don't know Treffen is a uh, I was going to say adult weekend, but it's a uh, couples weekend. Um, Drive, dine, and explore. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's three days. Yeah, four days. Thursday is the welcome party, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then Friday, Saturday, uh, Thursday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, people Saturday. show up. And then Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So three days, days of driving. Yep. Um, you have a bunch of different tours you can select. They have an, uh, NDO, which is Navigator's Day Off on, yep. on one of the days. And you can just go it's, exploring. Uh, it's a fun, relaxing. If you like good food, you like a beautiful, almost bucket list type of hotels to stay out. And if you like touring, driving beautiful roads, no competition, zero competition. And uh, it's a recipe that a lot of our members like. We probably get more than 50% of, you know, repeat Treffen um, goers. And then you get, you know, new ones, you know, that are within a certain radius of whichever um, Treffen it is. And there's a, there's a reason why it sells out. One is very limited in numbers. We try to keep it to a... Um, you know, a, a small manageable group, more of an intimate uh, group, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Yeah. So the next one is in Atlanta mm-hmm. in the spring, mm-hmm. and then they announced that this one that they're going to uh, where's the out next west? I don't know where the next one is. <laughs> you were supposed to in queue. Know where we're supposed to be going on the next one. Um, we gotta, While you look it up, we we'll we'll be back on here. that. But yeah, you, here's again those of you that are watching on YouTube. There's all sorts of food pictures and beautiful weather and people sitting out and enjoying. And of course, uh, Princess Cruise Line was back and they gave away a number of cruises for the attendees. And uh, every every event uh, they've joined us as a sponsor. They've brought the Tycon that they'll be uh, raffling off at the end of the year. 
So hopefully one of you um, that have been on the cruise or at least registered for the Tycon raffle, hopefully you get to take home that car. That'd be pretty cool. While he's looking up the next uh, uh, Treffin. Uh, St. Louis. St. Louis. At the oh, Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, Ritz-Carlton. Oh, yeah. that's going to be nice. Uh, I mean, obviously Ritz-Carlton. Yes. It can be fancy. I've there a couple times and it's... Uh... Very posh. Pretty nice hotel. That yes. one or at a Ritz-Carlton? No, at a Ritz-Carlton. Oh, okay. I'm sure this isn't like the uh, trashy Ritz-Carlton. Well, I don't think there is a trashy Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> That's I, what I mean. I remember there was the uh, the Ritz Hotel in uh, Los Angeles that I, I stayed at, and it was... It's called you, the Ritz, It was called the Ritz, but not the... And it was this... Tra- they, they actually uh, either demolished it or it's no longer there. <laughs> so, so car stuff. Car stuff this weekend? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, cars and coffee at Hunt Valley. Hunt Valley. Uh, it was about 45 Porsches, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, as usual, the Hunt Valley. So even with your Mikey Mills going on at the oh, same yeah. time, it shows so how many cars. enthusiasts are in the area that both of them can be uh, well attended. And Yeah, I know. It's like good weather, lots of cars. Um, you know, I think we're showing video here of the, the cars at Mike and Mel's. I mean, we had a Senna, GT2 RS, McLarens, uh, Ferraris. I mean, just all sorts of, and, and you had a run of the mix too. It wasn't all high end cars. We had a, oh, the funny thing is that uh, a guy came out with a, uh, a slew of, um, racing, uh, racing mowers. I saw a picture of <laughs> wow. yeah. racing mowers. I thought, I thought it was a Hartford County thing where I live, not uh, down in Howard Ra- Racing mowers. And, uh, Ron, Ron Gordon, uh, he was in here today and he's talking about they're doing tractor pulls. <laughs> to, That's tra- different. Tractor pulls tonight it's in Frederick. Fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, riding lawnmower is, uh, is a hoot to watch. Honestly, I am, I'm down for trying lawnmower racing. I'm like, that sounds like fun. They wear uh, full driving suits. I think helmet. you need to. It's probably dangerous. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the the mower deck is removed. Let's hope so. Uh, but they have different classes, just yeah. like real racing. And I'm sure there's cheating, just like real racing. I they yeah. use where I went to watch them. They so have should we look into this? Should we? Like... They, they are serious. I mean, I saw one in England. <laughs> yeah. The first time I saw it, back when there was Speed Vision, so it was over 20 years ago. Um, they did a 24-hour riding lawnmower race. And they did a Le Mans start. Which is wow. nothing funnier than watching like 120 <laughs> uh, uh, probably <laughs> overweight guys getting uh, running across the track to the riding mowers, jumping on, and uh, off they went. And I think it would be silly fun. Hmm. Yeah. So if, if anyone's listening that has done uh, mower racing, let us know what it's like. Is it something that we should uh, try try to get a hot lap in? Or yeah, two? these guys are legit. It's yeah. Not just, I mean, these. I, his trailer was legit. It was like yeah, no, fully I mean, set they, up. They set, no, it's the whole setup. They yeah. set up cars as far as yeah. alignment, and it's uh, it's no but, joke. Uh, so, but instead of going karting, the karting route, they decided to go the John Deere route. It's a lot more fun to watch in karting. I, yeah, because you're I, watching riding lawnmowers, yeah, yeah. and in your head the whole time you're thinking, "I can do this." <laughs> that's exactly. I, that's you watch exactly. them, and they're, they're like precise. They are driving the the wheels off those things. So because you don't have a riding man, lawnmower, right? I had somewhere one. in your garage. You have one stuff. I had away. one, but I sold it because it was getting in the way. Doing that lawnmower really? stuff, yeah. it's probably tougher than karting. You know, when it comes to holding your body up, I oh, yeah, you're probably don't have the bucket seats yeah, or no. anything, right? Yeah, yeah. you're going to make the turn. The lawnmower is going to make it, but you won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, what else they do? Oh, our, our buddy Peter. 
Peter uh, ran into some. <laughs> I think he ran into some furniture on the highway with his Audi. So he wait, was wait, all... the same guy who was who was concerned <laughs> that somebody was standing too close to a GT2 RS. Yes, at the open house. Yes, yes, that's Peter, <laughs> my poor friend Peter. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was coming home from work or something like that, and luck not luckily, but he was in his Audi S4 and lawn furniture or house furniture or something took out the front bumper but mm. but what made it worse was it must have like taken out a coolant line or something mm, yeah so anyways he wow. was he was all in like all all sad like really like and i'm like ready to sell the car yeah yeah, yeah. i should sell it, the car like, hundred dollars yeah i should just sell it and i'm like don't worry about it we'll get it to it and, and uh um so he said can we can we use the the aluminum trailer that you have access to i'm like well sure but that thing hasn't moved in like before covid uh so there's photos of it there and we pumped up the tires hooked it up uh, he has a uh what's that what's a cadillac suv the big one escalate escalate he has an escalate yeah he has escalate and i was very impressed the aluminum it was a tralex these tralex trailers are like they're they're yeah. built solid and uh wheeled it up there and took it over to our buddies over at europros and they'll get them all fixed up and it's funny with peter i'm like peter you got like three other cars to drive you'll be fine yeah so like, yeah but at least work. it was the audi and not one of his others exactly so. i'm like and that's look. why you have a daily driver right yeah well that is so, that is his daily driver exactly but he, so but then, he has he has other options right yeah, yeah. so he'll, he'll get all fixed up but i hadn't trailered for a while and he didn't even want to drive he was like oh you can you can drive my escalade and i'm like you sure he's like yeah since you've trailered before and he he pulls a boat to like pennsylvania like say, every other yeah. weekend he's like well that's a boat this is a car i'm like yeah and there was only one time that i was a little nervous to wear you know how sometimes when you come up to a light and it turns yellow right at the point where you're like maybe i should stop but maybe i shouldn't stop and then you between that decision of maybe or maybe not you decide to stop and it was like kind of too late but you stopped anyway and then you're like a little bit in the intersection well that was me Did trailer <laughs> has surge brakes or electric trailer brakes? has surge brakes um and the, the the car moved a little bit but it was good all <laughs> good on. safe and ding- the more importantly the reason why i stopped is because montgomery county has a ton of red light cameras mm-hmm. yeah. and i'm sure the suv would have gone through mm-hmm. but the rest of the trailer probably wouldn't have yeah they take two picks i think right one yeah. to see when you're going through and then another to see if you've gone all the way through yeah, yeah so exactly hopefully you're all good i'm good because yeah. i was i was just the nose was just a little yeah. bit into the yeah. intersection but i stopped so what I got to do was on Sunday, when I thought my Ravens were going to win the game, and I, oh, I heard about was that. so confident oh, that God. I uh, don't get in the sports. I went, now. I went at lunchtime and I said, you know, what? I'm going to get the oil change started on the Z3, and uh, um, of course the Ravens end up getting uh, they blew the whole lead. And didn't they have a lead up to like third 38 quarter? Thirty-eight to fourteen. I don't even watch football. Thirty-eight to fourteen, yeah, and then they was, lost it. It was fourth quarter. This, it was so sad. <laughs> they were doing so well. Uh, Anyways, uh, kudos to Miami for coming back. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I've been wanting to clean my headlights on the Z3. Then. I've been wanting to clean your headlights. 230,000 I look miles. at them every day. Yeah. And I've, I've done them before. And what I really cringe, and please, everyone listening out there, I see this on, uh, TikTok and Instagram, you know, the people that take the, will take either lemon juice oh, yeah. and toothpaste, <laughs> toothpaste or baking soda. And they're like, look, it cleans it up and it makes it look great. And, but they don't show you what it looks like a week later or yeah. two days or three days later. They show you what it looks like, uh, afterward, like the, right then. And it looks great right then. But that, there's also people that tell you to put, uh, bug spray mm-hmm. on it too. Yeah. Oh my God. Please don't do that. <laughs> Spend the money. Uh, so I buy the Cerakote, 
uh, is, the, uh, is the brand name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not. It's not a commercial. We're not getting money from them. I wish we were, but we're not. Um, but a Cerakote, if you're listening, you'd like to become a sponsor. <laughs> please let us know. I think it was eighteen or twenty dollars <laughs> at Walmart, uh, yeah. but you can buy it pretty much anywhere if you look yeah. it up. Um, it's enough for two two headlights. And I now so these lights have been treated and failed uh, a couple times over. Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. So I watched the video, and I got to say, it's one of the few times in my life where I've done something automotive that the video was exactly the way I did it. It yeah. was like because uh-huh. there, there's always something that happens that they don't mention in the videos, and you know I've ranted about that. This was exactly like the video said. It's pretty foolproof. So, so we have a video where we did the headlight restoration on, uh, my Cayenne with a couple of different products. And it was like, you know, uh, clean, wet sand, and then shoot clear over it, right? Like out of a rattle yes. can. So that, that was I've probably done that before two too. years ago. And that works out pretty well. But if you're not careful, you can have runs or the clear coat doesn't look all that great. Um, and it's a little bit of a mess because you're using a paint uh, can. Wow, you look a lot younger back then. That was only like two years ago, I think. I think I, <laughs> hush. <laughs> what is this now? That we're going you into better something? heard of it like 12 years ago. Not... <laughs> uh, first, you called me fat. was a girl. <laughs> first you... um, so anyways, so fast forward to these new one, this new uh, system of of doing it. You're using the Cerakote. Now, actually, Griot's Garage is I actually bought a set of Griot's Garage headlight restoration, which uses the same Cerakote technique. And I had I had done my uh, my uncle's BMW headlights over like Christmas break or something like that with the Cerakote. Honestly, I was like really surprised at how clear and how nice and how easy it was to do and how much less of a mess. Have you made. seen his headlights recently? Uh, I did. So I, 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 they're pre- still pretty good. Okay. I mean, it's right. not like, you know, not. Honestly, like if they last a year, I would be. Thrilled. Oh, you're you're definitely going to get it. two years in the war. You're going to get a year. You're yeah. going to get a year, and they look, they look good. They look good. So, so I'm going to do a take two on the Cayenne because the Cayenne has been two years, and now they're also starting to get kind of foggy. And we'll use this new Cerakote method to share with you all. And for those of you that are listening, if you've used the Cerakote before in yours, let us know. You know how it looks. You know, six months later, a year later. That's really to me the test. Is yeah, how long. six months is fine. A year is fine too. But some of the stuff where you're just um, cleaning it off, yeah, like a week later, it's going to come back and look yeah, all the stuff you hear. Quick, you, quick clean. You know, you have the key is you have to have some sort of coating after you've cleaned the plastic. Toothpaste will work for one day. For one day, and then for it starts oxidizing. Yeah. So uh, you know, like I said, if this lasts a year, I can easily do twenty dollars a year. They have almost headlights that look almost brand new. Yeah. It was, uh, I was, it's hard to impress me, and I was very impressed yeah. with uh, and how, then, how easy it was. It was, uh, you know, and this is where I think we confused you because I said with the Cerakote kit, you get uh, a wet nap. The, the applicator of the Cerakote is a wet nap, and mm. Damon, you didn't know what a wet nap was. Yeah, well, I mean, now that you, I mean, <laughs> I know what a wet nap is. Yeah. Obviously, I feel you, like I call and, it something. And the thing different. is, you eat a lot of barbecue, and that's like wet nap, like territory. Not wet dream. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Manny. Well, <laughs> what's a nap? Yeah, right. yeah that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I know what a wet nap is. It's like, I never use that word. Heard that term? I never use that term. Okay, so got I don't it. even know what term I use, but I don't see them very often, apparently. Well, you know, West they don't call it a uh, a you want a bag with it when you buy something. What they, they say, say? Do you want a um, 
what was it? They, uh, no, I forgot. <laughs> First time I crossed like, uh, Illinois when I was driving cross country, uh, they asked me that and I, and I looked at them. I said, a what? And not a satchel, but like a, um, what's another name for a bag? A bunch of old guys trying to have a podcast. Can't remember anything. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I, I did. I, from that point on, all the way to California, that's what they would ask them instead of uh-huh. use the word bag. So maybe uh, they don't use all right. Nap out for the first one to comment on the word that uh, Manny's trying what to think they call of paper bags or bags in the convenience stores. And, I'll, and the first one, to, first one to comment, I'm going to send you a little gift. <laughs> Help Manny out. What are the bags called after you pass the Mississippi? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> He's drawing a blank. Yeah, I thought it was so funny when he asked me that because I'd never heard anybody. Else. It's like soda versus pop. Versus anyway, Damon learned what a uh, moist towelette was. I yes. thought towelette. Yeah. There we go. Uh, that you would have known towelette. if I had said towelette. That's what I've used. So yeah. Damon's more refined. But it'll be fun to like see that. how long this. Uh, I think wet nap is a brand. Maybe that's what it is. You yeah, see, my Porsches be. are all kept inside. So uh, actually, only one of the boxes, only thing that has the plastic headlights. Yeah. Obviously, the 914 and 964 use glass. Um, and even the Suburban and the Infinities, they're not worn out like the uh, BMW was. Yeah. So. Um, well, maybe. that's plastics. I mean, plastics age and sitting outside, they're going to start to degrade. So tomorrow I'm going to try out here and bring the uh, boxer down. I'm going to try out the Cerakote uh, trim. Oh, for the black trim? Yeah. I know. Um, that works. Yeah. When we did the uh, the detailing um, tech tech mm-hmm. slide, that was highly recommended. Yeah. So. Yep. And it lasts a while, too. My other car little project I didn't get to finish it was um, the uh, the A pillar on on my E60 BMW. The fabric mm. has has kind of like gotten wavy, and the, I think just like yeah. the, the the glue is coming off. So mm. I got to do that. And then of course I was riding in the Cayenne, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and I noticed the roof because I had the windows down. It was a nice day out, and I noticed the the ceiling of my uh, my Cayenne was just blowing in the wind. Mm. <laughs> so it's time for time for a uh a headliner in the cayenne and uh i'm I, I don't know how big of a job that is i'm not worried about tackling it because it comes out the rear lift gate which is easier than say like a sedan or something so i think i might tackle it on my own i don't know do what do you, what do you guys suggest i get the, i get people asking a lot especially for the caymans yeah um you know they should we do like a video on that how to take down your headliner? I've got a well, feeling that's something that's um, that's something I probably wouldn't try and tackle myself, just knowing my own abilities. That because uh, you get it wrong, and it's probably easy to get wrong. You think so? I yeah, mean, well, you got to. Uh, it's stretching the fabric, making yeah. sure you don't pull I don't, I, it. No, like I don't think you stretch like it. I don't think you stretch it. I think on yeah. a Cayenne, there's a board. There's a board. Once you, you just, pull the board mm-hmm. out, the board out, then you're laying the fabric. And 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 I was talking with Ron earlier. Like I might do half. Like I might just take the the headliner out myself and then take the headliner to a upholstery place and have them actually put the headliner mm. on the board. Yeah, that's probably and, the way to and do then it. Reapplying adhesive or? What's that? Do you reapply adhesive? Is that why it's, it's, it's sagging because the adhesive is? Uh, I don't think it's a adhesive. I think the foam that attaches to the fabric mm. is let's go. So I think the foam is still attached to the board. Is the fabric is released from the foam. I think that's the case. But regardless, it's you know I think it's new material, new new um, adhesive, and and you put it on. But I don't know. We'll see. It depends on time. You know, yeah. none of which we have. Yeah. Especially next six weeks. Yeah, yeah I know, right? 
All right, let's get into uh, Porsche news. Of course, uh, by the time this is out, uh, we should be uh, well into the... is when the uh, IPO is supposed IPO, to go IPO, IPO. And what was it, $75 billion now there? That's what they're... Yeah, they announced on Sunday uh, they're aiming for $75 billion or euros, but I think the euros and the dollars yeah, right the now, now are about the same. So uh, less than the 85, I think, that some people were hoping for, but more than what some other low estimates were. So mm-hmm. right in the middle. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I, I don't even know what to expect or how this will change our world, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I think the Porsche family will be richer after uh, the 28th. Hmm. I won't, but they will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to talk about the uh, 963 at Daytona? So what was interesting, you know, uh, we, we, the 963 uh, tested at Daytona a few weeks ago. Um, but I was reading this article, and I, was, I shared it with Jim, too. You know, last we heard, Porsche had said they were not going to race this at Bahrain or Petit Le Mans. So we had theorized maybe they would test it there. Uh, but they are, it says in this article, they're going to uh, race it, but not for overall win at Bahrain. Yeah, they, they least- told us... Um, that they were seriously considering Bahrain as a as a race before the end of the year. So they did this at Petit Le Mans mm-hmm. back when they had the 911 uh, GT3RH. Remember the one we saw in DC with Patrick Long? Is that the uh, the hybrid? The one hybrid, with the, yeah. Uh, GT3R, the curse, yeah. yeah. the curse yeah. system, the curse yeah. system. Yeah. And so basically, what they did was uh, they ran in the exhibition class, and they did a lot of uh, extended pit stops, testing things. So they weren't going for an overall win or. Um, I even think class win. So they may do the same thing with this 963, just run it in the race to get research, research, see time and uh, information. Uh, But that makes me question, then why won't they do that Petit Le Mans? Because of the previous news that Penske said that his Mannheim dealership would be running the uh, European races with their uh, 963, and the uh, North Carolina shop would run the U.S. races so I would think the North Carolina shop would want to be able to run it at Petit Le Mans also to get data. If they're both running independently, saying. you know, yeah. they're not yeah. necessarily going to be a uh, one team crew chief running both of them. So because they would need the data too. Yeah, I, yeah. I still hold out hope that they may show up at Petit Le Mans. Mm. Cool. Uh, oh, I, I saw. I think I, did I send this to you or did you send it to me about the uh, the no, recent I, I sent out to run a show. You never look at it. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have seen that I already had this on there. <laughs> Thanks, Manny. <laughs> so yeah. we're talking about the big headlight, recall. Uh, recall. Anytime there's a recall, the news loves to with Porsche. The news loves to put that in uh, big. But it letters. doesn't sound like a big deal, though. <laughs> it's it's like the cap on the adjustment mechanism for the headlights. Yeah. Evidently, somebody along the assembly line must have forgot to restock them when they were coming down the assembly line, <laughs> and. Uh, they get, they're recalling 200,000 that doesn't mean 200,000 of them are missing caps. They just want to bring them back to the dealers to make sure the they caps are over there. Yeah. yeah. And if they aren't, they'll just pop caps up on there. Yeah. They're just afraid, I guess, that someone's going to be sticking their hand down there and accidentally readjust the headlight. So, yeah. so that's probably the deal. kind of recall Porsche loves to hear about because it's so minor mm-hmm. that uh, it's not a big deal. And then. For those that are into EVs and wondering what's going on with the EV world at Porsche after the Taycan, here we're talking about the uh, Macan spy shot. Right? Yeah, we obviously we know where the Macan's going uh, electric. Uh, but what's interesting about the spy shot uh, is that uh, it has some uh, 
flare extensions, I guess I could call them. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, Porsche knows people are taking photos of them. It's nothing uh, new at the Nürburgring. Um, But uh, these flare extensions... It looks bigger. uh, Yeah, actually, further down on the screen, I think, is is, uh, where the flare extensions are. They're like white. They they, they didn't even try to hide them. They, uh, they... um, I don't and, know, then, and then also, does the tail does the tail look more coupe like then? Yes, it yeah. looks like almost the, the the sport coupe version of a of a Macan. Yeah, I, I think they'll sell every every one they make. They will, of course, it they will. will be uh, very. It's already their popular car. I think in the world of EVs, it'll be a uh, one of their best sellers. Yeah, the headlights have changed. They look a lot more like the Taycans, don't they? Yep, yep. All right. Well, let's move into. Uh, upcoming events, we've got uh, the Audrain um, PCA is going to have a display of about 25 cars at uh, the Audrain Gathering during Audrain Motor Week. That'll be October 29th, I believe that Friday is. Yeah, Is that right? October 29th. So uh, for those of you that will be there, I'll see you there. Then all else is um, on Unstock, Unstock November 13th at West Coast Customs in Burbank, California. Then... Right after that, we have the LA Auto Show where we will have coffee and uh, cars. Uh, where we'll, we will be on the Porsche floor and be have all sorts of access to um, the cars, have some presentations, have a cup of joe or two. Basically, we have the place. That's what I, I think. The breakfast isn't nearly as important as, no, it's uh, not. as having access to these cars because if you haven't done this and you're thinking about going to the LA Auto Show, this is... The same price as a regular ticket. That's all the Porsche yep. charges. So you're not paying anything extra, uh, but you have access to get inside these cars, to sit in them, to talk to the product uh, specialists. Because when those doors open to the public, lockdown, we, lockdown. We know it's time to open because we see the Porsche personnel locking all the doors on all the cars because they know uh, once the public opens up, they're not going to be opening the. Uh, yeah, and your cars ticket up. to that event gets you into the rest of. The, um, the yep. auto show. So, yeah, so you can walk around afterwards. It's a great uh, great bang for the buck for the ticket. And part of that weekend, uh, we have some good news that Tech Tactics West is on. Yes. Uh, that was uh, touch and go there for a little bit, uh, whether or not we were going to have a Tech Tactics West. Good news is that we are. We are still, um, that'll be November 19th and 20th. We are still finalizing the exact location, but it will be in the, you know, Southern California area. And, you know, stay tuned. You'll hear it uh, about it here on Porsche Club Insider, as well as, uh, you know, check eBrake and the website and such. All right. You want to talk about the latest videos, Damon? Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> still have a, ton of videos that we need to get through um we're supposed to have the gt2 rs video this past saturday but by the time you hear this that will be up we ran the bahama mama uh one mile review which was is owned by the uh works union's official artist kelly telfer was a former totally original brumos collection car watch that now um and then by now gt2 rs that will be up Uh, a few more that we have coming up is a uh, Cayenne Turbo GT in depth and one mile review. The in depth will likely come first. Uh, we have a Macan GTS review, uh, by one of our correspondents, Laura Burstein, that'll be, uh, running in the next couple weeks. Um, and now we're getting around to, uh, 996 water pump, 
Macan S spark plugs. And we also have a 992 GT3 versus GT3 Touring comparison that will be coming up in the next month as well. Um, and I can't forget Carrera Cup USA is also an upcoming one-mile review, which is probably a highlight when it comes to a one-mile review. I was about to say, what car is that? And then I remember this is the 964. Yeah. I was thinking about oh, the 992 yeah. Carrera yeah. Cup. I'm like, oh, what yeah, the yeah. is that? Yeah, the owner texted me, hey, w- w- When's the review going up? I'm like, it's soon, soon. Yeah. We've, we've got so many, you know, to work through, um, and we're, we're slowly making that list a little bit smaller. So, so in the past couple of one mile reviews, we've added the fourth element. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that watched the one mile review, let us know if you like the fact that we had, uh, the fun factor element added to, uh, to the reviews. Yeah. No, it, uh, definitely balances out, you know, cars that might not do great at a car show. Maybe it looks, like just any old Porsche, you know, maybe it's not a great daily driver, road tripper, but it is really fun to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the cars we did beforehand might have scored a little bit higher overall, um, but we're, we're giving cars going forward their due. All right, gentlemen, anything else nope. before we sign off? So, folks, thanks for listening. I can't believe the hour went by really, really yeah, quickly. Yeah, a lot of information. A lot of stuff. And um, I look forward to chatting with you next time uh, from Germany. Uh, if you aren't currently a PCA member and you own a Porsche, grab that VIN, head to PCA.org, and we'll get you set up as a new PCA member. If you're looking for your Porsche, join our test drive program. Again, just go to the website and follow all the links. Remember to follow our podcast Instagram page, see behind-the-scenes photos and videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. And you can always email us at podcast at PCA.org. Until then... I'll see you later. Stay safe and we'll catch you next time.